Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now, this week we're going to look at the recession, Australia's issue with China and how this might affect us moving forwards. Then we'll get into the Australian stock market so I can share with you my thoughts on where it's heading, along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Dale Gillan, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune in to our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, the economic roller coaster for 2020 continued last week with the announcement that GDP had grown by 3.3% in the September quarter, which officially ended the recession that only started at the end of the prior quarter. Now, whilst this is great news, activity in the economy is still down on pre-COVID-19 levels and down 3.8% for the year to the end of September. So whilst the news is good, we're not out of the woods just yet. With the exception of Victoria easing restrictions around Australia, resulting in household spending rising by 7.9% in that September quarter. Now, there was also more spending on services such as hotels, cafes and restaurants up nearly 10% in the last quarter. Now, Victoria is out of lockdown, so it'll be interesting to see if these economic numbers continue into the December quarter or whether the increased spending is just a short-term reaction of just being able to get outside. Now, right now, the world is looking at Australia and how we've handled the pandemic from both a health and an economic standpoint. However, the road forward may not be a smooth sailing as tensions continue to rise with our biggest trading partner, that's China. Now, these tensions bring both challenges and opportunities, although it's still too early to tell how the Australian market and the economy will respond. Now, if Australia is to stay out of recession and continue to grow, we really do need China's help. That said, most Australians would want our government to stand tough and protect our interest and our way of life as we need to look after our long-term future rather than sacrifice it for some short-term gains. Now, the Australian government also needs to continue to support and stimulate the economy because whilst the economic news is good, it has been driven by stimulus packages and we're a long way from getting our economy growing under its own steam. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, the Australian stock market had a relatively flat week with the best performers being materials and they were up 5.26%, followed by energy up 1.09%. 
Information technology, well, that was up just 0.28%. Now, the worst performing sectors, well, they included healthcare, which was down 2.43%. That was followed by utilities down 2.18%. And consumer discretionary, well, that was down 1.11% for the week. Looking at the ASX S&P top 100 stocks, the best performers last week included Oz Minerals, and that was up a whopping 14.96%. And that was followed by Fortescue Metals. That was up 10.99%. And Rio Tinto to round out the miners, 10.98%. Now, the worst performers included Magellan Financial, and that was down 5.64%. Followed by Ansel, and that was down 5.06%. And Qantas, interesting, was down 4.53%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500. All Ordinary's Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. Well, it was a relatively flat week on our market, as you saw, you know, with some good stock movements and, and some poor ones, but relatively the market was almost 50-50 here in Australia with our sectors, almost the same amount of sectors up as, as we're down, and our market really didn't go anywhere, but not saying that's surprising to me because I think, you know, November our market was running red hot. It actually rose very, very strongly throughout November, so we can expect a little bit of slowing in momentum, but let's go and have a look at the chart and see what's going on on the chart. Um, on the screen, I've actually got a monthly chart of the All Lord News Index just to sort of show you the difference. And this is really where I suggest people, a lot of investors look at the daily stuff on the market and definitely a lot of traders look at what's going on daily in the marketplace. And I think it's to their detriment um, because you really don't get a real good view of what's going on. But if I grab this bar and I put on one of these, my little tool here, you can see from the opening to the closing in November, we're up 9.93%. Now, remembering at that time, the 1st of November, our market was still down about 6% or more for the year. And uh, what you're seeing is this massive, massive growth um, just in one month. And you can see the verticalness of this bar, how fast it was. And see how big and long it was? This bar wasn't as big and long right through to that peak. And we can go back to all sorts of different peaks and you can't see a bar that is big and as long. Let's keep going back. Let's go back to prior to the GFC and have a look at this. And if we put a little tool on again, the last few weeks into the high, even this one here, only up 5% to right before the GFC. So we haven't seen a bar like that in such a long, long, long time. Basically what happens is, is we get excited and we start to buy or we get fearful and we start to sell. And then we see big bars like this, like we saw in the GFC where people panic and panic sell. And we also saw that if I go back to March, you can see this big panic sell through here with the COVID. So I'm not expecting our market to make record speeds. And I know Janine and I chatted on the, our live show on Tuesday night, live stream showing on Tuesday night about the All Lord News Index. And, you know, I was asking, we we're saying, well, where do you expect the market to be by the end of the year? And I do not, don't expect December to be as strong as November, but I do think our market will make a new all-time high into January. I don't think it's going to happen um, in the next few weeks. And you can see here, this is only a few days of December. So we've had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so four days. We do have a bit of resistance around that sort of level, around that 6,900 point mark. I don't suggest it's going to stop our market. I think we'll float up through there. I don't think we'll make a new all-time high through at least until January, but hey, anything's possible. Some massive news should could come out and maybe the COVID vaccines, they're going to roll at it in, um, in the UK and obviously um, starting to do that in the US. Maybe there's going to be some sort of great news there, but I don't think so. I mean, the, the having a vaccine is not going to fix the world issues. 
overnight. It's just not going to do that. You can't vaccinate billions of people that quickly and get things going again. So I'd expect um, the, the markets around the world to be relatively flat. That said, I do like our market much better than most other markets in the world. We are now out of recession, as I said in my report, technically, um, but I'm not super, super bullish on our market. I think our market will rise through up into January, um, possibly into late January, starting in February. Um, it may go a bit longer, but right now I'm looking at maybe mid-January mid to mid-February for our peak, but probably more likely mid-January. Uh, mid-January to the end of January. Right now, I am liking a lot of different sectors. We have been talking about materials, financials, um, and energy as the sectors, and we've seen uh, materials do so well last week. Energy's been do had been doing well for a couple of weeks before prior, and I still think there's plenty more to go on that. But right now, at this point in time, just hang tight. Don't get into the fear of missing out, and I think a lot of people do that. They're trying to jump onto things, fear of missing out. Huge big sin, uh, and there have been some stocks that have moved relatively well last month. But remember, you can't buy yesterday's returns, and I constantly say that is if you think the stock that moved up 10% last month is going to do another 10% this month, you're probably going to be disappointed. And this is why don't look at what has happened in terms of, oh, that's happened, so I better get in now because I might miss out on the run, is you need to be looking much more broader than that and obviously having more solid rules about buying and selling, uh, making sure a lot of people, any, uh, the most amount of comments that I get are people telling me, hey, Dale, I know how to buy, but I just don't know how to sell. And how do you make the money unless you understand how to sell and when the right time is to sell? And the bigger questions we get or the most amount of questions we get is, should I sell this now? Um, or is there more to go? And a lot of people guess at what they're going to say. I think it's got more to go. Well, is it going to have more to go or doesn't it have more to go? And we need to look at those things. Is If you're buying a stock, you need to have a plan to exit it. That's really what I'm saying is you have an entry plan and an exit plan. So, so what I teach you in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, um, if you want to get a copy of that before Christmas, put your orders in now. You can get it at bookstores or you can get online from us and we'll send it out through to you. But yeah, you can also still get my first book for free on the website. Great. Christmas present, homepage of the website, get it for free, just pay shipping. Um, so check that one out as well. But uh, let's get into the questions that we have from you today. Okay, and again, we've had a lot of comments and questions, and I'd like to thank everyone who took the time to post genuine and constructive comments. Um, as you know, and, you know, I place more importance on comments and questions that come from subscribers to this channel. So um, as is normal, all of the questions we're gonna to discuss today are from subscribers. So if you your question um, has not been answered, then I urge you to hit that subscribe button now and then ask your question again and we'll get to it next week. But the first question we have today is from Matt and he said, read your books, great info and advice, interested in your opinion on Simic. Um, looks good on the monthly chart with uh, downtrend broken by recent bar. So let's go and have a look at that on the chart. Now, I've got Simic up on the screen right now and the monthly chart's on the left and the weekly chart's on the right, as you know. And you're right, it has moved up quite nicely and I believe it's moved up over a trend line. It's had this massive move down since September 2. December 2017, uh, this big huge bar down into March, it sort of maybe exhausted that move down. I actually do like this stock uh, and it's in, in that sort of area there. We do like the sector. 
Um, but you are quite right. It's probably a little bit overheated right now. We've had so many weeks on this stock up, but you know, if you're not in it at the moment, I'd wait for a bit of a retest. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks up. Um, quite nice, but a bit of resistance around these sorts of areas. But look at this stock. It does look good. Um, it does look like it's finished falling away. So I think it could present an opportunity moving forward. But I do think you're correct. I think it has moved across the trend line that, that I do teach in my book. Um, and giving you that signal to buy now. But this is one of those ones that I just sort of mentioned before is it has moved up quite strongly for the last few weeks. So don't just jump into it based on what we've just talked about there. Is make, sure, make sure you've got some rules because it has moved up. You might find it might move down over the next couple of weeks a little bit and then might present a better buying opportunity into January. And it may or may not, but it just depends on your process or what your goal is. If you're looking long-term, I think this stock looks really good sort of that medium to longer term for the next sort of 12 months to two years, even possibly even longer. But short term, it may have a bit of weakness and then start to go. But thank you very much for that question. It really was great. Good looking stock. And I do agree with you. Now, next, we have a question from Yeah Nah. Can you please give your opinion on RAC? Um, I'm up 50%, but feel there's more to it. It's developing a cancer drug, which is going well. Um, probably to give you the answer to that question, I've actually never looked at this stock until I brought it up just before the, uh, starting my recording here. And I, you said you're up 50%, which means you, means you bought it somewhere in thin air. So you would have bought it. It's now around that $2.20 odd mark. So it means you would have bought it somewhere around about $1.50. And I'm not sure why you bought it there. Um, it might have been FOMO, fear of missing out because this thing's running. It is a low cap stock. So again, it's never on my radar. You've bought in. The interesting statement that you've got is that you feel it's got more to go. Why is that? And, and I'm asking you the question because a lot of people say to me, I think this or I think that. Just because it's developing a cancer drug doesn't excite me at all. It's, and, and yes, I do hope we get a cure for cancer. Um, that's not it. But I've seen so many biotech technology stocks, medical stocks that have shot through the roof on hopes of having some um, new drug approved, whatever else, only for them to fall through the floor will take longer. Um, so you're not buying, you know, sort of buying on the news. So right now, you need to have some rules around this. And if I look at this stock, if I go down to some of these bars, you can see 2.3 million shares at a, at a dollar, roughly. So it's not highly liquid. Um, and I don't know much about it fundamentally. You may have done a lot of research on that. And if you haven't, I encourage you to really, really do that. But at this point in time, I wouldn't be buying into it. If I did own it, then I'd be looking at it and going, okay, where is my exit strategy? What level am I going to sit on it and say, okay, what has to happen for me to exit this stock? While it's going up, stay with it. But you can see how vertical it's been over the last few weeks, which is where you've bought your money. Now, you may have picked up the tip from a chat forum or some other place that I don't normally suggest people get tips from, but you need to decide where you're going to exit. For now, I can't tell you how long it's going to go or how much further it's going to go up in price until I do a lot more research. But even then, it's a little bit more speculation on that anyway. But as I said, do your work, do your fundamentals on it, and then set a line in the sand of where you think um, you need to exit that stock. Now, our next question is from Franco, and he says, what are your thoughts on Telstra and Treasury Wines Estates? Please, Dale. Now, we did Telstra, Janine and I did Telstra on our live show last week, so I'm not going to do that one today. I've got it there on my list. Um, but if you really do want to have a good look at Telstra, that's where Janine and I did it on our live show last week, because that was part of our section 
on our topic on the technology, not the technology, on the telecommunication sector. So go and have a look at that one. But I'll bring up Treasury Wines Estates. Now, this thing has been slammed a lot and actually put into a trading halt recently simply because of China increasing the tariffs on it. So what you're looking at is, is I, I would think from a point of view of the question, my guess is you're trying to bottom pick. And I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean that in is saying, well, it's, it doesn't get more worse than this. The news, and Buffett says, buying doom, selling boom. And the news don't get much worse than this. It's It's been slammed. It's all-time highs way back there in uh, 2018. And so it's been on a bearish trend all the way through to more recently to November. And it's sort of found some support. We really don't know. I don't think it's going to, it's got more to go down. Um, but I think that we are seeing some signs of strength there, even though, because uh, we were expect China did put on those tariffs and everything else, so it has been hit pretty hard. Um, so you do really need to be careful. Would I be jumping in this round right now? No is the answer. I would not be getting into it right now. It's one of those stocks that I'd be sitting back on my watch list waiting for some signs of strength and some signs of direction, but I wouldn't be jumping into it right now. Just a quick look at Telstra. That looks so much better. It looks so much better. And right now you can see how it did take off a couple of weeks ago very, very strongly. It's just easing back a little bit and I would expect it to move up more medium to longer term there. But again, go and look at the live show and uh, and have a good look at what Janine and I talked about there. Now, the next question that we have is from Nate or Nat. Nate, I think it is. Um, his hi, Dale, as always, thanks for the great content. I was wondering what your thoughts are on Morningstar reports and valuations. Do you see them as tools or marketing junk to bring in retail investors? Um, I often see these on my brokerage account saying a stock is overvalued or undervalued. Um, junk. Basic, basically what they are. I mean, Morningstar is great. Their research is great, but you need to read between the lines of it all and everything else. And, you know, when you're getting broker reports to me are designed to get you to want to trade. Obviously, the brokers only make money when you're buying and selling. That's what they do. But really is it's about Morningstar reports aren't bad. But when you're seeing what's overvalued and what's undervalued, they're talking about it fundamentally. Um, and what I mean by that is they're looking at their, you know, their earnings per share, their EPS, their debt ratios, all of those sorts of things. But that doesn't mean it's going to go down. It also means if it's undervalued, it doesn't mean it's going to go up. Um, and I did a lot of research around this many, many years ago. And what we did was if something was... Uh, and this is really why I'm a technical analyst. Um, and it really depends on your time frame. And I talk about it in terms of swinging a pendulum. If you're a really long-term buy and hold person, then you look for fundamentals. That's pretty much your, what you do. And your technical analysis is very minimal. And maybe just on a monthly chart like I talk about in my first book, uh, it, um, how to beat the managed funds by 20%. That's perfect for that sort of longer term stuff. But if you're more of a trader, then fundamentals are less relevant to you. And I don't know what you are, whether you're a trader or an investor. So if you're full on, you're a trader, then your fundamentals are very, very, uh, they lose their importance, if that makes sense, and technicals become more important. Because fundamentals don't tell you when to buy, all they tell you is to what to buy. They don't tell you when to do it. Technicals tell you when to buy. And that's why I use those a lot more than fundamentals. That said, I'm looking for fundamentally good companies. So if I find a company that's fundamentally undervalued or good and looks like it's, it's undervalued and it was likely to go up, and it's technically good, then the chances of that going up are much higher than if something is fundamentally poor um, or whether it's technically poor. So only 50%. So if it's technically poor and fundamentally weak, it won't go up as much, but it'll still go up. But if it's technically weak and fundamentally weak, it'll definitely go down. 
I hope you get my point on that one. So what I'm looking for as a trader, I'm looking for stuff that's fundamentally good and technically good. If it's undervalued, it's not telling me when it's going to go up. My technicals will do that. If it's fundamentally overvalued, we still find stocks go up even though they're overvalued. And again, that's why I use technicals to work out when are they gonna to start to come down and looking for that exit point. Again, uh, this is the sort of stuff I talk about in my book, um, you know, Accelerate Your Wealth, and obviously uh, my first book, How to Beat the Managed Funds. But it's a really, really good question. So take the information, have a look at it, and then go to the charts. That's really what I'm suggesting you do. Go onto the charts, bring up a monthly chart, have a good look at it, work out where you are. But again, I agree with you, without being rude to Morningstar or all the other reports that are out there, they are good reports, but they really are more of marketing junk to get you to buy and sell. Uh, and they generally put up stocks that uh, they're wanting to push. Well, the brokers put up stocks that they're wanting to push. Um, but great question. Thank you for sending in your question. And thank you for everybody that uh, is sending in the question as well. But if you do have any questions that you really would like me to answer, just stick them below. But you need to ask um, pretty much you need to subscribe first before you ask the question. That's the criteria. Subscribe first then um, give me your question and then I'll put that on this show next week. So, uh, and that's fantastic. Now I did look at, a lot of people put on their, what their favorite trading rule was last week and we got a lot of different comments on their favorite trading rules from trend lines to Dow theory to RSIs and stochastics to numerous things, you know. We had people talking about candlestick reversals and the, the, the list just goes on. Too many to name, but thank you for putting those down. I got a lot more response to that. Um, than what was your, uh, the, the, than the prior week before, but it's fantastic that people are using forms of analysis to start picking up buy and sells. And also look at, as I was saying before, make sure you've got good fundamentals behind the stock as well. Look at your earnings, look at your P ratios, look at your debt to ratios, making sure you're buying a good quality stock. And some of the stocks that we get presented to us, not on, the, on these questions, but also on the live show, aren't fundamentally sound, but people are still trying to trade them. And that's why they are more, much more fraught with danger now. Remember that here on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every single week. And we also do our live stream every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern time. So remember, hit the subscribe button now. Click the bell on the right of it. So you know when we upload and go live with our show. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.